Hey out there to all people and time-traveling sorcerers, this is Up All Night, a horror anthology podcast. I'm Brandon, and with me is a guy who can never get enough of climbing stairs, Cortland. How are you doing, Cortland? I actually really don't like climbing stairs, Brandon. <laughs> yeah, stairs suck. I was just making a goof. Uh, you always make a goofs at my expense, Brandon. Oh my gosh. Anyway, How do you feel about ramps? Ramps are fucking awesome. I love ramps. <laughs> Sick. I'll go up a ramp, like, all the time if I have to. Unless, like, people look at me like I'm not supposed to be doing that. But that doesn't happen that often. Cares what they think. True, true. I stopped caring about what people thought a long time ago. <laughs> and then we started a podcast. So how are you doing, Brandon? I'm doing good, by the way. Yeah, I'm doing tight, I guess. Nice, nice. So I gotta say, Brandon, I went to the arcade the other day. And by the other day, I mean last really? night. Really? It was just last night, yeah. I don't know why I said the other day. Um... Do you remember the old bowling alley that we used to go to uh, probably around like the 2004, uh, maybe less yeah. than that, like 2002, 2003? Yeah, where we used to go to play Dance Dance Revolution. Yeah. So that's where we went last night. And, you know, when we went there, it was like a rinky-dink little like you got DDR, you had that one where you like hit the drums, and then you had like Sniper, Fox, Force, Alpha 6 or whatever. Yeah, there was like three things. Dude, they have so many things now. They have... Oh, they have, like, all the really cool arcade things that are out now. Like, everything is super up-to-date. Like Angry um, Birds and yeah, Crossy like Road. Yeah, Birds. Cro- Crossy Road. Crossy Road was literally there. So, yes, that. Um, no, they have, like, a lot of the cool, like, games. They have an escape room in there and a laser tag room really? in there. They have bumper cars. What the yeah. fuck? Do they upgraded that place, it like, so get much. good? It, it's like... It was it, so run down and <laughs> shitty back in the day. I know, I know. I don't know how they got the money for it, but they uh, they invested, and it looks really awesome. So you're missing out, is what I'm trying to tell you. Wow. Well, if you go back, like, get me some pics. Okay, I can do that. I probably should have just done that last night. I'm sorry. You should have. <laughs> I was so excited to be able to be like, I'm going to talk about this to Brandon, and he's going to be like, <laughs> This Whoa. podcast needs more visual aids. Yeah, it does, doesn't it? I just get so worried about that, Brandon, because I don't want to, like, bore people with not Are You Afraid of the Dark and <laughs> not Goosebumps information. Too late. That's true. I essentially use it as my own personal, you know, social media account, so. What's up, guys? It's Cortland's Hey, everybody. Diary. I'm cooking shit. <laughs> what am I cooking this week? Find out the comment section below. Like, comment, and subscribe. <laughs> so, anyway. How was All your right. week, Brandon? Um... I'm trying to remember if I did a single thing. Well, I'm waiting. I'm pretty sure we wrapped up recording the podcast last week. Yeah. And then I woke up and got ready to record this one. Here we are. You did your notes. You scrambled through them and then bada bing, bada boom. We recorded a fucking podcast. Yeah. All right. Well, let's see if I can do this. All right. Are you, I, I mean... I will say, Brandon, like, there's not that much to get into for this episode, but... <laughs> no. Spoilers. Uh, this is a pretty light episode, light on plot and yeah. uh, much of anything. Uh, this well, is A Night in Terror Tower Part 2. And do they spend a night this time? Nope. No, they don't. This is a, I didn't this think is a so. straight-up lie, R.L. Stein. I want my money back. They're... There is a terror tower, and there is some nighttime, but I don't think the two ever coalesce. No, they never, they never, you know, they never smooch. Never. No chef's kiss on this one with that name. All right, zero chef kisses out of ten. Goddamn. Okay. Well, 
let's just talk about this one, shall we? Yeah, okay. <laughs> you know what? We don't even need to go over thoughts on it because, like, we'll just get into it. <laughs> oh, yeah, we'll we'll have thoughts. So, we start this episode where we left off in the hotel. Yeah. Eddie and Sue are speaking to a very annoyed hotel worker. After he asks them what their last name is and getting no response, he says in an I don't have time for this shit kind of tone, you don't know your last name. I would be annoyed. Like, this seems like a very ritzy, like, upscale hotel. And, you know, you have to ha- you have to be snooty to either work here or be, like, a patron mm-hmm. here. So It's required. Yeah. So, an older lady next to them, which sounds like she has, like, a foghorn, leghorn accent, but I think oh she's God, trying right. to do a British accent. Yes. I don't, oh, I don't know. There's a lot of fake British accents in this because, I know, it was filmed in Canada, I'm assuming, for the most part. Yeah, well, I don't know. There's like, there's like one British guy in it. I feel like you're right, because all of the British things we've seen have been like stills or like barely moving pictures, so. Yeah. Yeah, probably wasn't Canada. So this lady, in an outrageously pink ensemble, butts <laughs> in to ask them if she will ever be able to check into this hotel. The answer's no. <laughs> no. Nope. The camera pulls in uncomfortably close to the hotel clerk's face. As he says right to us in the camera, run along, and if you ever figure out who you are, come back, and I'll be glad to help. I don't think he will, though. No, he doesn't get paid enough to care. Did you, did you notice that, and not only this episode, but the last one as well, pretty much every adult that Sue and Eddie come across are just assholes to them? Yeah, they are. Like, not only... Is it the tour group? It is the hotel staff. It's that, you know, guy who's chasing them, of course. Uh, You know, the only one that's, like, okay to them is the tour guide. And even he's kind of a jerk. (sighs) Yeah, you're right. Everybody hates Sue and Eddie. (laughs) Like, I don't want to sit here and just trash other countries. But, like, British people are the worst. Am I right? Apparently. According to R.L. Stein, (laughs) British people are literally the worst. Yeah. This Especially is just like R.L. Stein's hate speech manifesto. Gosh. What did Britain do to you, R.L. Stein? What happened? Yeah, some kind of childhood trauma. He went to, he went on a museum <laughs> tour and ended up being tortured in a terror tower. I guess <laughs> his cab driver was just like, "Oi, kids, <laughs> this is play money." <laughs> this is all just a an autobiography of R.L. Stein's trip to London. Write what you know. And R.L. knows Terror Towers. Oh my god. Anyway, the two kids walk away from the desk and discuss what to do next. A little bass slap that sounds like it's from Seinfeld plays as the kids notice (laughs) that the taxi driver followed them in looking for his British pounds. (gasps) He wants them pounds. He said, he was like, we use British pounds and I want them. Oh my god, yeah, because she was all like... Why did my parents give me play money? (laughs) (laughs) Play money. (laughs) It's ridiculous. It is. (laughs) They decide to lose the cab driver by running into the hotel's restaurant. Right. Okay. Fair idea. Let's see where this goes. (laughs) When they go in, they are instantly stopped by a stuffy maitre d' who tells them that as they surely know, gentlemen are required to wear a jacket in the Balmoral Lounge. Dang, look at that R roll, Brandon. You are fancy. I know. I can't do those. I can't, I'm I can only half as fancy as him, though. Sue says 
My brother doesn't have a jacket. The man just responds, Most odd. And he snaps his fingers for someone to bring Eddie a massive loner jacket. I don't understand. Like, I get that he has to wear a jacket, but why was he so willing to just give this child a jacket for a minute? Um, and most, most cases, wouldn't they be like, Out with you children, you know? Yeah. Instead of just like, here, I'll cover you with this jacket so I don't have to see you. Eh, whatever. The taxi driver is still on the hunt, so Sue requests a seat in the back. The stuffy man rolls his eyes and says, as if he would sit them anywhere else. That one made me laugh, but also, like, just another It's funny, but, like, what an asshole. Of them being assholes to kids. Harold <laughs> <laughs> <Dick laughs> Stein. This is the episode where the kid... Y'all let by adults all day. Adults suck, kids, am I right? <laughs> Fellow kids. <laughs> After they are seated, a waiter starts listing what's included in their high tea. What was listed in the high tea? Oh, some kind of uh, croissant. Um, oh, nice. I love croissant. Maybe uh, a crumpet. Never had a crumpet. Have you had a crumpet? No. Do they exist? Is it a thing? Yes. Yes. Okay. Does Australia have its own, like, fancy pastry or, you know, croissant-inspired? I don't know if they have their own. They kind of just steal things from other places. That's fine. I mean, that works. Except that they, you said that they don't have any egg rolls, which is really unfortunate. Yeah, they should steal that. They steal don't steal it. the right things. They steal pavlova. <laughs> pavlova. So this waiter is listing off food. But yes. Sue is anxiously keeping her eyes on the taxi driver, and only half paying attention, she says, Yes, yes, we'll take that. Yeah, like, she's just like, yes, the most expensive, please. Leave me. Yes, we're in here because we got ourselves into a hole of not being able to pay for stuff, so bring <laughs> us food, please. I like the part where they are just kind of sitting there at the dinner table, they know somebody is, like, looking for them actively, and yet they decided to just take a seat, um, you know, take a second for the Take a second to breathe or something. I don't know. <laughs> Order a bite to eat. You know, get some drinks. Sue's like, Eddie, we have to be on the move. Ooh, waiter. <laughs> Seat me at this table. Yeah, the plan goes awry right away. Mm. Yeah, we're like five seconds into the fucking episode, too. <sighs> so the waiter walks away like fucking whatever. And the two kids get back to figuring out what to do next. Eddie says, if only they could find mom and dad. Sue tells him, dude. I don't even remember what they look like. And Eddie realizes, shit, me either. I really like the sequence of them, like, trying to remember stuff. It seems very, um, it's got, like, its own little tone here, and it's, uh, it's kind of spooky. I mean, I wouldn't want to be in a situation where yeah. I can't remember even, like, the previous day. So, I like I it. I mean, it's scary because we don't know why they can't remember these things, and it just seems like... Their memory is constantly slipping away. Like, they're just like, huh, I can't remember this. And, uh, like, I can't remember my name. I can't remember yeah. mom and dad. Like, it seems like, where is it going to stop? Like, going to be like, I can't remember how to walk. How to breathe. I can't Boom, remember how dead. to breathe and dead. Yeah. Yeah. It's scary. I just went right for it. My apologies. It, it, it is. Like, I don't know if it's a, a concept that a kid can really get with, because I'm assuming most kids don't know about, like, Alzheimer's and dementia and stuff like that. But um, as a fully grown adult, I can say, it's if you think about it, it's the scariest thing. Yeah. Accurate. Yeah. Then Eddie is like, wait, where do we even live? A house? Mm -hmm. 
They continue on raving like lunatics in this fashion before noticing that everyone in the restaurant is looking at the girl dressed like a lumberjack and the boy swimming in a formal jacket, <laughs> screaming about how they can't remember what houses are. I love it. Yeah. Because Sue's all just like, hey, shut up. People are staring. <laughs> so they take a deep breath and Sue lays out what she can remember, which is pretty much their hotel room number. Recap and the, the fact that me. mom and dad were at a meeting. Oh, right. Okay, never mind. <laughs> they can't remember any day before the current one. Then Sue looks at a woman sitting at oh a table, <laughs> gracefully eating some kind of British dessert. Yeah. Before her image morphs into a medieval-looking peasant woman yes. going to town on a lamb shank. <laughs> Oh my god, yeah, she turns into like an old crone that is just like gnawing on this leg of lamb, and it's amazing. It is the best. Sue's just like, what the fuck? (laughs) Yes, of course. (laughs) Oh my god. Eddie asks her, what's the matter? She says she just feels strange, like not even mentioning at all the strange woman devouring half an animal carcass. This family, they have a problem with telling yes, things that are going on. Yes, it's the same thing on. with the ghost, isn't it? Yeah, the last episode, that ghost was like, Eddie, don't even go in here. And, and Eddie was like, huh? Oh, wait, what? <laughs> <laughs> oh, man, this fam. <laughs> they see the cab driver getting closer, and Sue says, I think something awful is going to happen to us. Eddie says, maybe we can just explain. And Sue interrupts him saying, what, we lost our memories and we can't pay him? If you sell it the right way. You think it would work? No, the, the cab driver does not want anything to do with play money, so. No, no. Like, you would think a cab driver wouldn't go to all this trouble to get a couple, like, bucks from two children, but I guess he just doesn't have anything better to do. I mean, he could have already made that money up by now, but mm, what am I? I'm a podcaster, yeah, not a cab I've driver. I've played enough Crazy Taxi to know. Exactly, right? You get the person to the place in 11 seconds, you get your bonus, you move on to the next one, you know? Exactly. You knock a few other cars out of the way. Ram into a couple of people, no biggie. You listen to the offspring. Yeah, knock into some bowling pins, like whatever. You just do it. (laughs) Then you get your bonus. Eddie must realize what a dumbass he is, but now he has a new idea. He vaguely points in a general direction and says, maybe we can sneak out through there. Okay, all right. They crouch down and stealth their way past the dessert-eating woman, now squealing in delight at the taste of some kind of cupcake-y looking thing. Oh my god. (laughs) This lady. (laughs) (laughs) She's the MVP of this episode. Yeah, uh, I think you and I and my wife also agree that she's the best part of this episode. Definitely. The cab driver easily sees through their sneakiness and yells for anyone to grab those kids. All bets are off now, and the two kids smash their way to the exit, but not before pushing the poor woman's face all up into her frosting. Oh my god, yes. This lady, the, too. Yeah. I love her. The maitre d' and waiter from before both rush to wipe her face as she pouts and struggles to stop them. Oh my god. She's like, yeah. ooh, no, no. She's all like, ah, ooh, ah. <laughs> and she's getting like wiped down and stuff. My wife told me that that's what I would do if that happened to me. <laughs> <laughs> she's not wrong. I could see it. <laughs> I know. I know. <laughs> I'd be all, like, if two dudes were like, 
try to wipe my face from a cupcake disaster, I'd be like, ah, ah, ah. you know, I, I'd do that. So. What else? What could you do? Nothing. <laughs> oh, man. Just the way that she eats the cupcake and everything, too. Like, she, like, you know, takes a little bit of the paper off, and then she puts a little, like, she, she bites down with, like, two front teeth, like, a little bit. She's making Incredible. a night of it because she's, you know, she's in this restaurant alone. She's got. God, we're spending so much time on her, but she's the best part of this episode, guys. I seemingly promise. Seemingly infinite desserts. <laughs> seemingly infinite desserts. <laughs> yeah. We've spent so much more time on her right now than R.L. Stein ever did. But, man, <laughs> she is my favorite part of this episode. Yeah. Um, I'm not sure if that says anything about myself or the episode. I don't know. I'll let you guys decide. <laughs> A little of both. <laughs> oh, man. I guess we have to move on, though, don't we? Yeah. <laughs> She'll be back. Not really, but I wish. I mean, maybe as a peasant woman later, but who knows. As the kids run through a stock room, Eddie yells, Run, run, run. That's all we do anymore. Mm-hmm. Sue tells him to shut up and keep moving. Oh, my God. I know. That was, that was a pretty good one. And then they never mention running again. (laughs) (laughs) But Eddie makes the rookie mistake of looking back and seeing that the pursuer isn't in the first five feet of space that he can see. So that means they aren't being followed anymore. Yeah, they're good. They're fine. But then a different waiter from the one that we saw before comes around the corner and takes the laziest look around the room before just leaving. Hmm. I completely missed that. As soon as he turns his head, Sue says, I think he gave up. We're good. Crisis averted. Wow. Then she says, this has got to be the worst day I've ever had. Oh. And Eddie quips, how do you know? Can't remember oh any others. Shut up, Eddie. Oh my <laughs> god. What a what a horrible thing to say That's at that moment. That's a good one. He's good at pickpocketing and making sassy jokes. And fucking burning the hell out of his sister. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Roasted. Oh my god. Yeah. I don't know. Like, what a tasteless joke to do right now. Like, how do you remember, sister? (laughs) So Sue laughs, and Eddie asks why she's laughing. And she says that it's that comically large jacket Eddie is for some reason still wearing. It's his jacket now. Sue goes to wipe Eddie's face like he's a baby, and then she backs up. (laughs) Forgot about that. (laughs) Someone is taking the jacket off for Eddie, and he says, thanks. <laughs> <laughs> Who did he think it was? <laughs> I, don't, I don't know, man. <laughs> he turns around, and it's the high executioner from the tower. Yeah, I mean, literally anybody that's not Sue and Eddie is evil. So. <laughs> <laughs> yes, there's no one good it could have been. Maybe he thought it was that dude with the mustache from the first episode. Whoa. What if that mustache guy is the woman in the restaurant's husband? And they're just having separate little adventures. He's going in the tower, and she's eating desserts. All day long, And then they meet at night to discuss their day. I think we should write a fanfic about them. Because I don't think anybody has. I've already written it in my head. (gasps) Do you think it has, like... So is it, like, swapping point-of-view chapters, like fucking Game of Thrones? (laughs) Yes. Whoa. <laughs> and then you get, like, a random character that you, you, like, get their name, but you're like, who the fuck is this now? And it's just somebody observing the woman eating the cupcakes and shit. <laughs> oh, my gosh. 
There's so many possibilities. Like, 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 I can see the chapter title, like, The Voyeur, and it's just a dude watching her go to town on a cupcake. And then it's, like, the waiter who has to keep bringing her food. Oh my god, right? And he's like, uh, we closed two hours ago, and she's like, it said all you can eat. Uh, she's like, Miss Piggy, like, more food! <laughs> <laughs> and then another chapter could be the mustache itself. Whoa. Right? Plotting to get away from this dude's lips. Oh my All god. Alright, we gotta get this episode over with so we can get to we writing. We can get to writing, yes. So Eddie says thanks for taking off the jacket, and the high executioner oh says, you're welcome. Because <laughs> 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 you're welcome? <laughs> Yes. To kids he plays on murdering. <laughs> yes. <laughs> what a polite boy. Okay. Oh, it is so funny. <laughs> You're welcome. <laughs> gotcha now. <laughs> Can't escape my witchcraft now. The man tells him to give it back. Sue is like, fucking huh? Give what back? Right. But Eddie is like, all right, if I give it back, you got to leave us alone. Now Sue is like, what? Give what back? Mm -hmm. Eddie hands one of the little magic stones to the man, and Sue says, you mad pickpocket, when did you take that? Yes, we all would like to know that. Yes, so these little magical stones, if you recall from last episode... Regale me, uh, yes, Brandon, please. I forgot. you You hold them in your hand, and you move your fingers over them and say gibberish, and that does magic. Whoa. If you don't have them... You're useless. Okay. Alright. So he somehow at one point stole that, didn't tell his sister at all for some reason, and then wonders why they're getting chased by a man. I don't know. Whatever. So, Eddie steals just to steal. He has no purpose to take anything he takes. He just, I mean, he needs it. The rush. He's a a kleptomaniac, yeah. Yeah. Eddie asks the man if he'll let them go now. And the guy is like, yeah. We will go now. Eddie says, hey, that's not what I said. Yeah. The man starts spinning his hands over his little magic pebbles. Oh, fuck. And he's saying his magic gibberish. Shit. (laughs) Eddie goes to take the stone back, and then they start glowing white. They were starting to glow white in the last episode for a second there. There's a flash, and Sue wakes up on the ground on some castle stone room. Oh, boy. Yeah. Yep. She calls for Eddie a whole bunch before leaving the room. What she comes out to is a big table full of dirty people all guzzling down various meats. Yeah. It's about, like, as generic as you can get for, like, 14th century or whatever you want to say. You know, like medieval times. I feel like R.L. Stein was just struggling to come up with what life must have been like that hundreds of years ago and he was just like people must just like ate meat but like really got into it it's very stereotypical of like medieval you know knights on horses and like those t- like even the music is like you know folky and lutes and i don't mm-hmm. know except for the part where it's all actually just uh, the theme to the shining <laughs> yeah. yes just a couple of times in various uh remixes <laughs> Sue's outside in the courtyard of the tower, and everyone is dressed in old-timey medieval clothes. Some dirty street children come up to Sue and ask where she's from. 
Sue asks if this is some sort of theme park and asks where the hotel is. The street kids now just kind of back off and Sue just starts walking. Yeah. But all the people on the street are looking at her and she says, what do you want? Why are you staring at me? What the fuck are you looking at? Um, I gotta say though, the set design is really nice. It's alright. It's a set. And uh, they really made it, they really transformed it into, like, stereotypical medieval times, you know, in a, in a little, you know, town. You felt like you were back in medieval I was like, times, Corbin? holy shit, this is so medieval. I don't know. I liked it. I, like, um, I felt like the atmosphere for it was kind of cool. I, it's not, like, amazing by any stretch of the imagination, but it's pretty cool for, like, a you know, kids' horror show. I thought it was all right. An old woman yells at the street kids to get inside their little hovel. Yeah. Sue says to the woman that she's looking for her brother. And the old woman says nothing, but looks at Sue like she's scared of her or something and backs her way into the house. Mm-hmm. Now Sue looks around and finds another woman sitting down. Oh, man. Sue says, Hey, lady, have you seen my brother? He's wearing normal clothes like me. I love that. He's not ugly like you and dirty. <laughs> You know? Wash your fucking face. He's not wearing a pile of dirty blankets like you. <laughs> He's got some sick-ass Kmart. He, I swear Route he just 66. had on the coolest coat. You didn't get to see it, Bugle boy. <laughs> Pants. <laughs> the woman says, It's too late for the boy. Sue is like, What's that mean? The old woman points in Sue's direction and says that she senses evil. All over Sue, and that her time is coming soon, too. Is this girl the same one from Piano Lessons Can Be Murder? I don't know. Old but, people are old people. Yeah, I know, but like... <laughs> she, She's just all like, evil, evil! Like, I was like, is that you, uh, what was her name? Like, Brenda Delightful or something? I don't remember. I would not be surprised if it was her. Yeah, she, uh... I don't like her, but I don't think I'm supposed to like her, so... Mission well, accomplished. Her, Good job, Her Arlstein. time in the show is practically over. Okay. <laughs> Sue backs off at this, and the rest of the town people surround her, calling her a stranger and other, you know, various rude things. I was surprised they didn't call her a witch, though. Yeah. I mean, that's the go-to. Come on, right. RL. People did more than eat meat. Right. They called people witches, too. Yeah. I feel like if you were looking to ruin somebody's life, you'd just be like, yo, they're a witch. And then, and boom, then they boom, get they're sacrificed. Dead. Right. Anyone who wronged you at any point. Yeah, just be like, oh, by the way, saw so I'm doing witchcraft. And everybody will be like, oh, let's kill him. You know? <laughs> <laughs> now the high executioner shows up and the crowd disperses. He tells Sue that it's time to go now. He comes up on a horse, by the way, Brandon. Gotta say. Oh, yeah. He's I should have mentioned horse. a glorious black steed. Yeah. Sue just wants to know where Eddie is. He's like, forget about that. Just come on. Let's go. <laughs> just come on. Sue says that she's not going and runs away. And the guy just laughs. Valid response, I'd say, yeah. Oh, man, this Sue next com- part, though. <laughs> Sue comes upon yet another lady just chilling next to a barn and says, You gotta hide me. The woman wants no part of that shit and tells her to go away. But Sue runs into the barn anyway. The woman tries to drag her out until Sue says that she will pay her. She slaps all her money into the woman's hand and says, take it all. The woman moves into the light and says, 
coins. Oh my god, sovereigns. I've seen them once when I was a small lass. Shut up, old woman. Oh my god. Oh, money. She basically was like Preston from Blake Jack. She threw the money in there. Yeah. She, was like, she held it up money. to the light and she was like, this isn't play money. This is some, this is some real this is, shit. This is actual money of our time period. <laughs> <laughs> the woman tells Sue, all right, get in this basket. Sue climbs inside a giant basket. And as soon as she does, the high executioner waltzes in saying he's looking for Sue. Yeah. Now this woman, she immediately, immediately <laughs> goes, yeah, she's in this basket. Oh, I think she's in this basket right here. <laughs> I packaged her up nice and pretty for you. Oh, man. Oh, fucking just. I want to th- say it was probably a little more drawn out maybe in the book. I, I know I read it, but I can't remember. But it was just so funny. So. She hides in the basket. The lady's like, excellent. Now you're hidden in the basket. And then the high executioner comes in and he's like, hey, have you seen a girl? And she's like, yeah, she's in the basket. <laughs> like, <laughs> it's all in one swift motion. I don't even I don't even think there's a cut in between anything. <laughs> no. It's, uh, it's, it's just funny. A, it's another <laughs> instance. She sucks. She does. Another instance right there of an adult being terrible to these kids. It doesn't matter what time period you live in. Adults are the worst. That's what Arl Stein was trying to tell everybody with this one. He's like, don't trust adults, kids. They're garbage. And he's right. He is. Arl Stein hates two things. Adults and the British. Yeah. (laughs) Hey there, everybody. Cortland here. Your good buddy and your time-traveling peasant. Thank you so much for listening in this week, whether this is your first episode or you've listened to it all. We always appreciate you spending some time with us. Looking for more laughs? Become a patron at patreon.com slash private island. For as little as $1 a month, you'll get instant access to our early and ad-free release episodes. Higher tiers get more rewards like bonus episodes, bloopers, and so much more. I'd like to take a moment to thank our current patrons, the Bronze Beth, Eddie, Tristan, Venice Witch, and Sarah, the Silver Goth, Stephen, Shane, Preston, Matt, Kristen, Gerilyn, Evelyn, Aaron, Brittany, and JD, the Golden Day Days, Faith, Sarah, and Angela, the Platinum Bostics, Bryce, Kathy, Farron, and newest patron, Brian, and the Diamond Zebo, Michael. Thank you for your support, everyone. Brandon and I truly appreciate it. Follow us on Instagram at Private Island Presents and on Twitter at PRVT Island for all the latest updates on the show. We do meme Fridays and live watch parties every Wednesday night. Check it out and enjoy. This week we are finishing up Season 1 of Goosebumps, so if you'd like to get your questions answered during our Season 1 finale, get your questions in soon. You can send your questions through email, privateislandpresents at gmail.com. I'd like to take a moment to thank the Benevolent Badger for their work on the music for our show, aside from this theme, Dating Start from Undertale, composed by Toby Fox. I'd also like to thank Brandon for his work on the artwork. As always, thank you so much for listening in to our show. I'll talk to you again soon. Bye! The guards come and pull Sue out, and Sue calls the woman a liar. Mm, good job. And the woman's her out. just like, Suz, but I can't go against the high executioner. Okay. You did for a second there, though. I mean, you could have very easily been like, nope, and then he would have moved on. Or, if he did look and he found her, she could have just been like, I didn't know she hid in there. He could. 
The real thing here, though, Brandon, is that Sue ran away from the High Executioner. She took, like, three steps, went into the very first house she saw. So, I mean, chances are good, like, the High Executioner would have found her regardless. Because <laughs> she didn't try very hard. No. Not at all. It was the laziest escape, if you th- if you think about it. I mean, these kids, like... Eddie complains, like, run, 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 that's all we do. But, I mean, they don't. They run for a little bit and then stop as soon as they can. It's true. They suck. Laziness. Sue is paraded through the town on a wooden cart. She passes the woman from before who called her evil. And the woman gives a nod, like, yep, that's about right. Yep, I'm a seer. I'll call the future. Also, Brandon, the theme song for uh, The Shining plays here again. And it's actually, like, literally It's more of the song. song. Yeah, it's, it's like literally right out of fucking Stephen King's... Well, it wasn't Stanley Kubrick. It's fucking right out of Stanley Kubrick's movie. It's a good and song. You know I loved it. Gosh, I want to play some fucking Zombies Ate My Neighbors a little bit now. Mm-hmm. In the tower, they toss Sue onto the ground. And Eddie is there! Yay, they're back together! Woohoo! Hooray! They're happy to see each other, but Eddie says that he hoped that she would have gotten away. Oh, that's nice of him to say. Yeah. They're, they're loving siblings. Indeed. The kids proclaim their innocence, but the guard tells them to just, you know, lock them up. Yeah. So now they're dragged up some stairs for the first time in this part of the episode, and he throws them into a little cell. Sue says she wonders what they did to deserve this. A man from off screen says, You have done nothing to deserve it, Susanna. <sighs> we see a man in fancier clothes approach her and bend his knee, saying, your grace, I wish I could say I rejoice at your return. Can I rise? God. And Can Sue's we just fast like, forward a little bit? yeah, sure. <laughs> <laughs> now the guy turns to Eddie and says, "Your grace," again, and he goes to kiss his hand. Eddie pulls away, being like, "Nah, I'm good." <laughs> but now Eddie notices that the man in front of them is the ghost that they saw before. Yeah, this is the same one that they found, like, scribbling away at that whole, like, long live freedom thing. Yeah. Wasn't that the same ghost? I, I think it's it the was. same. I think it's the same ghost that yelled at Eddie and told him to, you know, not come in here in the first place, I think. But. Yeah. Mm, I don't really know how he gets to become a ghost. Um, that part's no, kind of a No, that's a to good me. question. Yeah. I don't know about that. The guy introduces himself as Morgrid. He's the king's sorcerer. Oh, good. I didn't know what his name was, so... <laughs> like, I heard it, but I was just like, what? Whatever. <laughs> Moving on. Morgrid. Morgrid. The guy tells the kids the truth. They are not actually Eddie and Sue. They are Edward and Susanna. Oh. My. <laughs> Lord. Mind blown. Yep. Edward and Susanna, Prince and Princess of York. We see the Lord High Executioner staring at an hourglass now, which is yes. running low. Yes, like the Wicked Witch of the West, yes. While a headsman is sharpening his axe nearby. <laughs> Back to Morgrid, he says, I don't expect you to believe me, but it's true. I tried to help you escape. Eddie yells, It's not true. My name is Eddie, not oh, Edward. <laughs> this Okay, so we're, we have like what? Ten, ten minutes left of the episode, right? Something like that, maybe? Something like that, yeah. This is the part where we get all of the whole lore dump for the whole episode, and it's just like, 
I don't know if the timing was great for it, in my opinion. It's a bit of a slog, but also, I mean, it's kind of an interesting twist on this time-traveling business. I agree, but I don't like know. Like, being it's sent so through much. time without knowing about it, that's... Yeah, that's pretty cool. I don't know if I know of another story like that. Yeah, I don't know. It's just so much right here. It's so much. Yeah, it is. There's like five more paragraphs of this. I don't know. Please, God, no. Morgrid asks him, Oh, yeah. What is your last name? And of course, Eddie has no clue. Morgrid tells them that when he sent them into the future, he gave them new memories so they could survive a new, distant time. Mm-hmm. Okay. But the memories were not complete. Sue clues in now and says, That's why they can't remember their parents. Morgrid tells the kids that their real parents, the king and queen, are dead. What a jerk. Yeah. Do I know why you can't remember your parents' kids? Because they're dead. They're, fuck, they're, they're fucking dead. dead. Their uncle has named himself king, and he has ordered his hyenas to kill them to get them out of the way. <laughs> I knew you were going to say that. <laughs> How can you not? I don't know. Love it. I love it. Good job, Brandon. <laughs> right on time now, some guards roll in with a big parchment. They read out, Edward of York and Susanna of York... By order of the king, you have been condemned to execution by beheading. Is the high executioner also their uncle, or is that a different person? Do, do we never I see the uncle? I think it's a different person. The oh, uncle okay. would be the king. Okay, alright. This just is checking. just his, you know... His high executioner. Gotcha. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Okay. Morgard puts his head in his hands and he says, No. <laughs> okay. Like he didn't expect this to happen. When the guards open the cell door, the kids transform back into their old royal clothes. Why? Why though? Because they had like a Cinderella spell. That's not and fair. It's the opposite. Now they're back to their <laughs> fancy clothes. They got out of those rags. Oh, okay. That those annoying nineties garb. Oh. <laughs> Sue had, like, a hundred shirts on, so... She was layered up. Yeah. Probably nice now. Sue says, in a really fake British accent, Now I remember. And oh Eddie God. says that he does, too. Morgrid says the spell has worn off. Hmm. Eddie tells him that he commends him for his service. But Morgrid is all taking this very poorly, because he promised to keep them safe, and now they're going to be horribly murdered. Yep. Beheaded, in fact. Susanna tells him that it's cool. He tried his best. That's cool, baby. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just gonna be beheaded. I kind of like this part, because, like, they remember, like, they're super royalty now, so they have to, like, be like, Oh, shut up, Edward. Let us go get beheaded now with our hell to hell. How the hell's up high? Yeah. She says to face the executioner's axe with dignity. Yeah, pretty cool. Big, big moment for these characters, I guess. You know, we're just kind of meeting them for the first time at this point. Now we cut to Eddie and Sue and Morgrid being led to the killing room. Yeah, this part takes a while, too. It's a very tall tower. There are lots of stairs. Yeah, we watch them climb up every single one of them, too. <laughs> so they're climbing down some stairs, and Morgrid says, Boy, I sure wish I could do something. Mm, if only. Eddie asks him, If you sent us to the future once, why not again? Morgrid tells him that the executioner stole his little magic stones. And without them, he ain't shit. Oh, no. 
So does that mean that the high executioner is also magic? Like, is he, he a sorcerer too, or is it? it can anybody use the, the little pebbles? Honestly, I think anyone can use them. I think if you just have the stones, you're a sorcerer. Okay. All right. No further questions. We see the Lord High Executioner put on his black hood. And then we're back to another staircase where Morgrid says that he wanted to come to the future with them. Who does but that? it wasn't meant to be. The Executioner went himself to get the kids and bring them back. Morgrid says he failed... And now they will all pay with their lives. Womp womp. The music gets very grand now. As they enter the actual killing chamber, a drummer beats out a little killing tune. Nice. Morgard is able to freely run up to the High Executioner now and beg him to spare the kids' lives. Weird, And right. only murder him instead. But first, he wants to send the kids to the future, where they can do no harm. That's a solid plan, sure. The Executioner says, What? Let them grow up and become strong so they can return and take revenge? Oh, trust me. They're not going to be caring about coming back in for revenge. Like, they're yeah, going to live it up in the future. They're in the fucking 90s. They've got Nintendo. 90s. Yeah, right? Like, they're in the year that Super Mario uh, Super Mario RPG came out. Like, they're going to be fine. They're not going to give yeah, a shit about... They don't need anything else. The crappy... You think they're going to be like, let's return written. to the dirt town so we can eat <laughs> meat. <laughs> Yeah, right? Because they can learn all about it in the textbooks and be like, oh, bubonic plague. Yeah, let's not go back there. Yeah, that shit sucked. All around the room, there's other prisoners watching and yelling at them. And there's a whole bunch of soundboard screams. Yes, I knew. I, I was hoping you would mention that. Okay. <sighs> Including this one scream that every time I hear in every movie, like it, it takes me out of the movie because it's so ridiculous. <laughs> Yeah, if I can find it, maybe. <laughs> it's I love that one. It's my and favorite. You've, it's you've so heard it a billion times in a billion movies and TV shows, and it's like, no one screams like that. Why yes. is everyone using this scream for things? Dude, I'm gonna, I mean, obviously I'm going to pull the clip for it, but like, I don't know why people use that one. Like, <laughs> nobody sounds like that. Yeah. No. It's amazing. I'm so glad that you mentioned it, because I was like, I wasn't going to let you not mention it. <laughs> Uh, just like the, bush, on the same bushy page. mustache yeah we, i mean god that's why, that's why we do podcasts together right sue tells eddie like all right be cool edward you are a prince and eddie gets an idea and runs to the executioner hold grabbing on, his on. robes eddie gets an idea from the tale of the fire ghost this happens <laughs> <laughs> you're not wrong oh man yeah sorry he grabs the guy's robes and begs for his life Sue tells him again to be cool, but he says, no, I'm afraid. Uh, he's like, please, sir, anything but a giant executioner's <laughs> axe. Anything but beheading. <laughs> oh, man, I tend to agree. Anything but beheading, please. <laughs> the executioner yells for his guards to save him from this young child, and they pull him away. But we see that Eddie has the magic pebbles now, which glow. <gasps> what? Who knew he was going to steal again? <laughs> like, it's good that the pickpocketing thing did have a point. You're yeah, waiting for it the whole time, and it's like really obvious it was going to happen here. But it happened. The weird part to me is that uh, the High Executioner knows that he pickpockets because he already did that to him once. Yeah. So... Why not just have this be the moment where he pickpockets and saves the day? You know, 
Instead of that whole, like, you stole my stones, you know? Yeah, the executioner didn't need that excuse to chase them. He already right. wanted to get them because that's his job. Yeah, exactly. Really weird. Really weird choice to me. I don't know. I guess just to remind you again, because this is part two of the episode, and you need to relearn that he pickpockets. That's the only thing I could think. In case you hadn't seen part one. Yeah, well, you know, if you're a kid and you see the part with a pickpocketing at the end and you're like, when was it established he was a pickpocket, you know? <laughs> this doesn't make any sense. This doesn't correlate with Edward's character in the slightest. This time-traveling prince story made perfect sense until now. <laughs> it's a good thing he was a pickpocket in both present day and in past life, you know? Yeah. Those skills don't fade. Every not. Everything else does. All right. memories and Memories, everything. except for memories of how to pickpocket. So he's got those little stones, and he chucks those bad boys to Morgrid and wiggles his hands, saying that they're the fastest hands in all Britannia. Sue laughs at that. The executioner now yells for them to grab Morgrid, and Sue trips the guards as oh they God. pass. Yeah, she like, slowly and... and... <laughs> She sticks her little boot out a tiny bit. Yeah. And they're yes. like, Whoa! And then, like, the 17 guards all fall. <laughs> Willem screaming away yeah. out of some stairs. Yeah. Morgrid says his magic gibberish, and Eddie yells out, Long live freedom! Shut up, Eddie. When did Braveheart come out? Hmm, good question. I feel like they're trying to, trying to grab some of that. 1995. Yeah, May 19th of 1995, so... Yeah, nice try, Eddie. You know what? He has memories of pickpocketing and watching Braveheart, so... Weird that those ones stuck, but they did. The High Executioner makes one last slow-motion effort to tackle Morgrid, but it's too late. The kids start dissolving away in a really pretty good-looking effect, I thought. It reminded me of in Blade when he stabs the vampires and they sizzle away. Oh, but yeah. But less, less uh, sizzling. Oh, man, I want more sizzle. I like the sizzle, you know? Yeah, they're not burning to death. They're more just kind of disappearing. We dissolve to Sue and Eddie laying on the ground again. A man in a guard costume runs up saying, You aren't supposed to leave the group. I could get in trouble. Then the fancy tour guide from last part of the episode runs up saying, There you are. I've been looking all over for you. Has he? No. Okay. He wanted to lose them as quickly as he could. The kids hug each other saying, We made it! The tour guide is of course confused, saying, If I had lost two tourists, they'd have my head. <laughs> good one, good one. <laughs> A man from off-camera says, I'm afraid that's my fault. Who is it? They look and they see Morgrid now in contemporary 1996 clothes. Wow. Okay. All part of the spell, I'm guessing. Yeah. He's just like, and give me a dope polo shirt. How come the high executioner didn't get sweet 1996 clothing? He's just shittier at magic, I guess. Okay. The pebbles All can right. only do so much. All right. Fair enough. They go and hug Morgrid. He tells the tour guide, That's Mr. Morgrid. I'm Sue and Eddie's guardian. I'll make sure they don't get lost again. And then the tour guide was like, Wait a second. You are not on this tour. Who the hell are you? 
Right? That's Where's what happens next. Right? Money. Where's my pounds? He's gonna be I'm like, play money. Shit. I'm not gonna allow you to take these children just because you say you can, because I know that human trafficking is a thing, right? That's what happens next, right? <laughs> no. <laughs> he says, "All right, let's go." The tower closes <laughs> in five minutes. Wouldn't want to get locked in. <gasps> Wouldn't want to spend a night in Terror Tower, as he says. As <laughs> oh, face swivels the show. <laughs> Look at the camera. Can never do that. Anything but living up to the premise. We didn't even spend a single night in Terror Tower, but that's okay. Mr. Margaret looks at the kids and says, No, we wouldn't want that at all. (laughs) (laughs) Proper right, are you, Brandon? (laughs) It cuts now to the tour bus. A man tells the tour guide, Those children should be disciplined. Oh my god, I love it. There's just one final asshole old man. I love it. It wasn't even the guy with the mustache. No, it wasn't. It was just some old dude. Like, he doesn't fucking care. It didn't ruin his day. We had to spend time looking for them when I could have been back at the hotel devouring a lamb shank. I'm gonna tell my tour guide instead of their guardian. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. What the hell? The tour guy will certainly punish these children. He has that authority. <laughs> when Eddie and Sue get to the bus, they say to the tour guide, We never heard the end of the story. What happened to the prince and princess after they went to the tower? And he says, Well, you should have stayed along with me, kids. Let's go. Yeah. This guy already wants Why to get home. the fuck did you run off? I spent <laughs> yeah, hours telling that story. <laughs> yep. Sorry, this ending. I don't know. Something's just triggering inside of me. <laughs> Everything's wrong. (laughs) The guide tells them no one knows. They just disappeared. It's a mystery to this day. Yeah. Okay. He motions for the kids to hop aboard the bus, and they do. Morgard takes a moment and pulls out two magic stones from his coat pocket. He yells, Edward! The same way that Dave says, Elvin! (sighs) From Elvin in the Chipmunks, Cortland. Oh, right. That's a reference that people get. Mm -hmm. From outside the bus, we hear Morgrid ask if Eddie is up to his old tricks again. They're not really his old tricks. He literally just did it, so. (laughs) Eddie says that it wasn't him. Then, into frame, steps the Lord High Executioner. What? He's holding the last of the three magical pebbles. So... Cool. Nobody can use magic then. Nope. He looks off into the distance, and we fade. Back to ya boy, R.L. Stein. Yeah, it is. It's my boy. Oh, God. Wow. R.L. says, that's it. The end. Time to go. Fuck off, kids. We're out. He's holding his gift-wrapped medieval flail. Oh, I love that it was gift-wrapped. That's so funny. And he begs anyone, anyone on set at all, to help him please get out of there. <laughs> He's like, like I don't director, belong on television. I write producers, books. get me out of here. <laughs> I never agreed to do this. <laughs> oh man! And that's the end of the episode. Brandon, I gotta say, it was a pleasure seeing R.L. Stein again. Um, do you know if we're gonna get to see him again? Again? I think we do. Yes, it's my boy. Okay, <laughs> cool. So that was A Night in Terror Tower, Cortland. What did you think of the whole thing? The whole thing overall? I thought it was good. 
it was really good acting. You know, I like I said, I think the sets were fun. I mean, the tower, you know, they used a lot of the same stairs and stuff, but you know, the wax figures and then, you know, the human acting in the in the torture chambers and stuff, that was pretty cool. Um when they time traveled, that was that was cool. The story's all right. Like it's not bad. It's a new take on that time travel, you know, classic stuff, so mm-hmm. I liked it. I mean, there was boring parts, but that's okay. It's not my favorite. I love but. time travel. Time travel is pretty cool, huh? And I love that lady eating the desserts. Oh, fuck. I forgot about her. How did I do that? What? I know. I'm a... Do you want to get a new podcast co-host? Kind of. <laughs> no, I, I love it, too. Like, um, I, I have a question, though, Brandon. Um, So, the ending is implied to be bad, right? Because the high executioner's there, and he's going to hunt down that family for the rest of time. Whatever. But yeah. the um, tour guide clearly stated that... The kids just disappeared. So that means that they're fine. Like, time is already set. Like, they did not go back and get murdered. Um, They didn't go back and get murdered, but hypothetically, he could murder them in the present. Oh, that's a good point. You know what's going to happen, though? The High Executioner is going to get away from the tower, realize how fucking awesome 1996 is, and he's not going to care anymore. He's going to be like, fuck my king, whatever, I'm going to fucking live it up in London now. Look at the television, Nintendo. Yeah, he's going to be fine. Like, I'd kind of like to see that. It'd be like Encino Man. Oh my god. I just, here, I had Brandon. to bring up Encino Man again. You've been waiting. But like, I love fish out of water stories and seeing that Lord High Executioner try to make his way in 1996 London would just be such a delightful story. Yeah, right? Like, I'm very convinced that he's going to love the future. Um, He just had to get away from that tower a little bit, you know? I mean, he's never, let's be honest, he is never, ever, ever going to find them kids and that guy. Like, No. Sue, they're gone Eddie, forever. Eddie, Sue, and Morgan, or whatever the fuck his name is, like, they're all perfectly fine. I have no worries about them getting tracked down by some ye old British bloke uh, from, you know, 1100s. Like, he's, they're fine. They're fine. Especially with yeah. Sue and Eddie's, like, you know a little bit up-to-date knowledge of the future like that'd be fine so i mean it's not a bad ending at all because like it's a good ending even for the lord high executioner fuck yeah he gets to play nintendo fucking awesome i i think you're right you want to know what i'm most upset about though brandon what's that that cover was a lie there was no there was like nobody that chased them with a giant axe there i mean they showed it for a second there but the high executioner was not what i wanted I wanted him to be, like, a black-robed, you know, executioner or whatever. Mm-hmm. I wanted him to walk the streets of London with a huge axe, but he didn't. He walked around with fucking pebbles. Yeah, there was the guy from the first part who they thought was a wax figure who came alive and moved a little bit. And that was, like, as close as you got to that cover. Boo. But that was my only complaint. Everything else was fine. What's the deal with the wax figures coming to life? Now that I think I about know. it, because they try to make it seem like it's, like, haunted, but it's not really haunted. Everyone from the past comes there via the magic spell, right? right. So it's not ghosts, it's just time travel. It's science. Yeah, I don't know why Mor- Morgan... What's his name? Morgan? Morgrid. Morgrid, whatever. I don't know why Morgrid was a ghost. I don't know how long the kids were in the future, because it seems like it may have only been one day. Um, yeah, like, I don't know if like them getting sent to the future started at the start of the first episode where they're like, let's go to museums. 
um, because they didn't seem to know anything about themselves. And it seemed like the spell kind of wore off really quickly. So, I don't know. Maybe the High Executioner will catch them. I mean, fuck. They just wanted to go to that fucking tower. I don't, I don't know. I don't know. Doesn't matter. No, it doesn't. Cortland. What? What, Brandon? I, I think we've already discussed the moral of the story. Like, adults are the worst. Mm-hmm. It's just reinforced in this episode, yeah. Pickpocket everything. It saves the day. Just do it. Steal everything. Yeah. Kleptomania saves lives. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. If you're getting sent to the executioner, just put your held up, hold your head high. You're better than everybody. Just go get your head chopped off. It'll be all right. <laughs> yeah, I would not uh, get my head chopped off with dignity. No, me neither, man. I'd be like wailing the whole way. Wouldn't even care. Yeah, like I would annoy them that. to death before I died. <laughs> um. So a night in Terra Tower. I think we can. We can both agree that that name fucking sucks because yes. it doesn't describe the story at all. Right. What do you think would be a better title? I think a better title would be A Day Trip to Terror Tower. Yeah, that's that's already better. Mm-hmm. Um, We're getting there. Yeah. The Magic Pebbles. The Pebble and the Pauper. Is that a thing? No. Um... Pebble and the Penguin. <laughs> Pebble and the Penguin and Prince and the Pauper smashed together. That sounds about right. Yeah, that's kind of amazing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I got nothing. I was trying to say something about, like, eat, pray, love, but I can't get past the eat part because there's nothing else that happens <laughs> eat, in this episode. Eat, eat. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Eat, eat, eat. The old woman story. Yeah. <laughs> Regardless, Brandon, all of those names are still better than the Night in Terror Tower. Yeah, it would be hard to have a name worse. So, let's go with Eat, Eat, Eat. Okay, let's do it. <laughs> Cortland. Yep. The next episode yeah. is The Werewolf of Fever Swamp. Okay, that sounds pretty cool. I have a feeling that you will have... No idea what this episode's about, but try to have a look at the cover and okay. see what you could glean. Okay, so I have the cover pulled up here. Uh, I kind of love it. It looks really cool. Um, it's got this wolf howling at a full moon in the background. It's not howling at it. It's actually pointed in the opposite direction of the moon, but that's fine. Um, there's like a swampy, like he's sitting on a rock. There's some like lime green swamp water around him i see some children's clothing so i'm assuming that's actually a werewolf and not a wolf wolf um but i like it it looks realistic i think it's cool the tagline who's afraid of the big bad wolf um <laughs> Good one. Boo. okay all right um the story i think it's going to be about a kid that turns into a werewolf and howls at a moon uh, in fever swamp why mm, gonna do it though well that's a wild guess, but you're absolutely right. But werewolf stories are kind of interesting, because if it's a child turning into a werewolf, like, obviously they're not going to be like, let's get the silver bullet and kill him, you know? Um, at least I'd assume they won't. Yeah, but maybe. If it's, like, uh, I don't know, maybe it's maybe it's a group of kids kind of, kind of going after a werewolf. Maybe it's one of the kids turns into a werewolf and they have to figure out how to fix him. Uh, I don't know. Maybe he was a werewolf the whole time. Who knows? It could be anything. Is this a two-parter, though, Brandon? Yes, it's a two-parter, but it's the last two-parter. Oh. Well, it's the last episode of the season. 
Yeah, we're in the like fucking home stretch of season this one. This is it, we? man. It's crazy. Wow, came and went so well. Actually, feels it like took we a while, just started but... goosebumps. It does, but it's also been like months. <laughs> yeah, a lot has changed since we started wow. goosebumps. Yeah, um, I can't think of any off the top of my head, but yeah. No, that's exciting because I'm I'm kind of looking forward to getting into uh, season two, kind of finding some guests to have on the show you know it'll be fun it'll be fun well that's it for this week i think nice i've got the imdb here oh right 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 the only real new character in this episode other than that wonderful woman in the hotel is morgrid he's like the only real character morgrid is played by diego Metamoros. Okay. He's been in quite a lot of things. Uh, he was in two episodes of Friday the 13th, the series, Cortland, which is like a first. That practically makes him the main well, character. No, I think Peter Messeling was in two episodes too, wasn't he? I don't know. I don't know either. Doesn't matter. <laughs> <laughs> and, Cortland, yeah. he played William Birkin in Resident Evil 2. Really? Like the voice of William Birkin? Yep. Interesting. I'm pretty sure all William Birkin did was say, Sherry! So that's cool. Awesome job. And he he was that. Wow. (laughs) A talent amongst talent. Okay. He was in two episodes of Psy Factor, Chronicles of the Paranormal. Fuck, okay. What's next? Give me more. Uh, He's in another Goosebumps story that we'll get to later. Uh, another night in Terror Tower, I got, I hope to God. It's another two-parter. That's oh, all I'll man. say. No! <laughs> God damn it. They're all, they're like all two-parters omen. at some point. Uh, the entirety of season four is just two-parters, so... <laughs> yeah. And Cortland, he, yeah. it is, he's not credited as a specific voice, but just various voices in 34 different episodes of Angela Anaconda. Oh, wow. What a low point. All right. Okay. I'm pretty sure that might be one of the most hated television shows that have ever existed, right? I mean, I hate it, but I also think about it quite often. It's bizarrely fascinating, right? Ninny Poo, etc. You know? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yes. It has something about it that gets stuck in your brain and just won't go away, even though you really want it to. You do. Because it's disgusting to look at and listen to. Interestingly enough, Brandon, the Angela Anaconda used to be on Kablam, which was a Nickelodeon show. And then, um, you know, it got its own show somehow. I don't know who picked it up, but it happened. And now they can't play the Angela Anaconda segments in Kablam anymore. Not that that show is still on, but like in reruns on, you know, like Teen Nick or whatever it can play on. So what I'm trying to tell you is that Angela Anaconda is an abomination that has ruined some really fantastic art. Yeah, you're right. Man, I kind of want to watch the intro. This is I feel like this is some sort of disease, Brandon, that you have. Why did you mention it? Sorry, Diego's fault. Oh, the complete series is on YouTube. All right. We got to finish this episode. That's it for this week, Cortland. Okay. I really hope. That you come back and join me for the Werewolf of Fever Swamp. Uh, do you like like this episode? Is it one of those ones that you remembered? Like uh, Welcome to Camp Nightmare? 
I just like werewolves. Oh, okay, all right. I'm not a huge fan of werewolves. So I don't. I'm kind of indifferent towards them, so I'm kind of all right. Well, to too. I like werewolves more than I like vampires. Okay. And I don't like either of them as much as I like zombies. All right, I'm aware. And, I'm there with you too. Yeah. All right, hold on, because I, I have to add mummies in there. Mummies are oh. maybe below zombies, but they're above vampires and werewolves. Okay, what about Creature of the Black Lagoon? Okay, and Black Lagoon creatures <laughs> are okay. They're above. They're above vampires, below werewolves. Below werewolves. Yeah. And Frankenstein's monsters, which is only one of, as far as I know. Oh yes. wait, there's the, bride. there's the bride. I don't though. know. Yeah. Okay. All right. Um, they're they're maybe the lowest. Okay. Fair, fair. Yeah. They're just kind of lame zombies. Yeah, and you know what? If you think about it, uh, mommy, mummies are just zombies too. So everything's yeah. just zombies, really. You're right. But okay. Anyway, we, where were we've we got to go. <laughs> okay. All right. We've got to right. go. That is it for this week. Yeah. I've been up all night. Same, same. <laughs> Going to sleep. All right. Bye, everybody. Bye, everybody. Boasted.